can there be such a thing as a blissful menopause? I am most interested in learning about this. And my guest today is a beloved member of our vegan community. If you have been interested in plant-based eating for at least five minutes, I am nearly certain that you have encountered her beautiful work, including her iconic photography of a plant-based bowl, the kind of food that we all would like to be preparing at home every day. Anna Peltzer is a former food photographer, and she has turned into a menopause coach and a meditation instructor. She is using stress reduction, mindset, and lifestyle strategies to help women have a better experience of menopause so that they can feel even more alive and more connected to their bodies. And heaven knows that's something that we dearly need. She is also the host of a new podcast called the Vegan Menopause Podcast, and I will definitely put a link to that in the show notes. Hi, Anna. Lovely to have you here today. Hi. Thank you for the lovely introduction. It's great to be here. I, your, your story, we've talked a little bit back channel before starting recording. Your story is very relatable, and so I would love you to share a little bit how you became interested in the topic of improving menopause for women to begin with? Well, when I was doing the food photography, I, I was also working at a full-time job. And so the food photography was on the side, but it was quite time-consuming. And I got very burnt out and stressed and started experiencing some symptoms of perimenopause, which were mostly hot flashes. And I so after eventually I ended the food photography. I really needed a break and I just couldn't do it anymore. But I started doing uh, meditation teacher training. And as I did the daily practice of meditation, the hot flashes went away. And so I just really wanted to explore that. And I took some more education in menopause coaching. Wow. So it's worked for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can imagine it's a whole world out there that I definitely have not dug into yet. But what, what did you find out there and the, what did you discover when you started looking into this? I read so many studies about how stress affects menopausal symptoms. And it just really makes everything better when, when women start doing stress reduction. Like hot flashes, insomnia, fatigue, sleep, all those issues. Wow. Because, you know, coming from, you know, my background is that I teach plant-based cooking, obviously, healthy vegan cooking. And so when I think of lifestyle medicine, of course, I think of diet, right? But there's so much more. And I sometimes need to remind myself, yeah, there's exercise, there's good sleep, uh, community, very important. But stress management is totally key. And I guess you can have the best diet in the world, but if you're a ball of nerves 24-7, that's not going to help a whole lot, is it? Yeah, exactly. Wow. Okay, so tell me a little bit more about the kinds of issues that women face when they hit menopause, whether they actually hit menopause or sneak into menopause. Tell me a little bit more about how that feels like what people can expect, I guess. Well, every everyone has a different experience with menopause. We're all so different, but there are some pretty common issues that 
happen when estrogen levels decrease in the body. So there's a lot of dryness. It could be dry skin, dry eyes. There could be mood swings or uh, insomnia. There could be anxiety or depression. It might be for the first time in a woman's life. There's also changes to the cycle. So the menstrual cycle could really become unpredictable. And then there's also the issue of hot flashes or night sweats. So there's many, many different issues. Not everybody will get all of them, but there's quite a variety. There's a lot going on in there. And I have to say, the way you, you listed those symptoms perimenopause and menopause doesn't sound like a lot of fun, but on the flip side, I know that you've been talking about seeing menopause as an opportunity. Yeah. Tell me more. Well, so menopause is the end of a certain phase of your life, but it's also a new beginning. And so I like to see it as a time when you can start focusing on a goal or how you want the next phase of your life to be. So it could be health goals. It could be maybe you want to uh, maintain your health for the rest of your life or or your bone health or your cardiovascular, or maybe you want to improve, uh, get stronger or, or, you know, be able to chase around grandchildren, that sort of thing. And then aside from health goals, there could be goals around just anything that's important to you. So like what you have on your bucket list or places you want to travel, or if you're tired of your job, you want to start a business, really anything, anything that's meaningful to you. I think menopause is a great time to to start focusing on those goals. How do you do that when you're, I'm going to use the word crippled lightly here, but when you're suffering from menopause, perimenopause symptoms, how are you supposed to tackle on these new goals as an opportunity, as you mentioned? Well, the types of goals, I mean, when it comes to health-related goals, they can be really simple and achievable goals that will also improve your experience with menopause. So it could be something like hydration, getting more hydration, or eating less processed foods. And then as you do a goal like that, you'll start to feel better and you can make the goal a little more broad. Right, right. I see what you mean. So, well, let's talk about, I think there's two main things or maybe three, whichever way. How would you say, let's start with plant-based eating because that's um, a big part of what we're about here in the Vegan Family Kitchen. So how does a healthy vegan diet possibly help with all those symptoms? Well, So the hydration in the vegan diet is amazing. There's a lot of water content in all the fruits and vegetables. There's also a lot of fiber in in the vegetables as well as if you're eating a lot of whole grains. And the fiber can help with keeping your blood sugar regulated. Right. And then there's also a lot of antioxidants in the fruits and vegetables. And that's really helpful as we're aging. Right. What what can someone expect? Like, let's imagine a person who is eating a standard American diet. You know, not not 
necessarily McDonald's and Burger King at every meal, but, you know, a meat-heavy, dairy, egg-heavy kind of diet. How might they proceed to start experiencing some of those improvements? Those could be some of the foods that might trigger hot flashes. Right. It's also quite dehydrating. So the the issues with the skin or the dry eyes and hair issues could be worse. I would imagine that the fatigue would be a lot worse with that as well. Right. Right. And right. irritability. I can. Yeah. So how how can they start moving away? Because it can be pretty daunting to see. Definitely, yeah. I'm going to go, you know, 100% vegan tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so how, how can they warm up into, into a different way of eating? Well, so a good goal might be to eat a green salad once a day or to eat a, a smoothie once a day. Something really simple. And a smoothie is also something that can help with hot flashes. So something oh. cooling. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or just a goal around maybe eating one less unprocessed food. So you could have things in your fridge like the, the, the mixed greens that you can just quickly throw into a salad or just keep um, chopped veggies that you can just grab and some hummus just so that you have these snacks available and you don't have to, um, to worry about whether you're going to reach for a chocolate bar or a bag of chips or some kind of junk food. Which are probably not on the helpful side of the equation. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, what about other aspects of lifestyle that can be tackled to, I tackled, that seems a little aggressive, that can be introduced, let's put it that way, to, um, to make menopause symptoms better? You mentioned meditation and stress reduction. How does that look like? Yeah. Well, stress reduction is very important to help with pretty much any symptom, but also just feeling good in general. And so some things you could do throughout your day, taking a mindful walk could just be a walk around the block and just notice the, you know, if you see a beautiful tree or beautiful flowers or whatever catches your eye and makes you feel good enjoy the sun if it's sunny <laughs> or feel the, feel the temperature on the skin and just enjoy the fresh air. Something like that. It's like super simple. And then another one you could do is to, I have a, a short video on my Instagram. It's only a 90 second video and it's just about drinking your water mindfully. So you can do that throughout the day and you just, just notice Things like the temperature of the water and just look at the water in the glass and how the water catches the light and, and just being present as you, as you drink your water. And you could do that with tea as well and just notice the taste and the smell and just taking moments to yourself just to um, relax. Would it be beneficial to move into like a sitting meditation kind of practice as a next level? Is that, well, are there even studies about that? There are. I, I don't teach the type of meditation where you need to sit still for a couple of hours and <laughs> try to make sure you do, you're meditating properly and 
not having any thoughts. Right? Painful, perhaps, for yeah. without training anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, I do have a, a short beach visualization um, on Insight Timer. And uh, I, I, I like to, my favorite, actually, for seated meditation would be just listening to a song. And you can kind of let your body move. You don't have to sit still. And just focus on how the song makes you feel and if you can feel it in your body. And try and feel where in your body you feel good. It could be in your hands or it could be in the back of your knees. If you just pay attention, there's a lot of sensations that can be felt. I love how you talk about embodiment. And I'm going to take you on a limb with me here a little bit. Because I, I wonder if... Well, I'll, I'll put this as a fact. I think we can say that generally as a society, we're... As individuals within our society, we're pretty disembodied. Yeah. We're not too, too connected to what's going on in our bodies. How do you think that has anything to do with menopause? And the, the kinds of ex negative experiences I think that a lot of people seem to be experiencing from, from their, their menopause symptoms. So being in your head? Well, I, I just wonder, you know, since going back in your body seems to help, like, how is it possible that, like, a lot of what's experienced as the challenges around menopause, you know, it's not something that people look forward to in general. Um, yeah. Um, at least the perimenopause phase, right? Maybe you're looking forward to being beyond menopause, but being in the menopause, the perimenopause phase is something that most people, most women don't exactly relish. Um yeah. Does that have anything to do with how we relate to ourselves, our bodies, do you think? Well, your mindset and your connection to your body definitely have an effect on your experience of menopause. Yeah. So it's kind of about being with your body and accepting and, and respecting what you're going through and just trying to have an appreciation. It's it's a process that we all go through. And our experience of it can be improved by our mindset and and how we treat ourselves. We're not trying to force anything, but more about allowing. Tell me a little bit more about that. Um about the forcing part and giving ourselves space or freedom, however it makes sense. Well, so one of the things that people complain about with menopause or that they experience with menopause would be weight gain. So I think that we should be a little more gentle with ourselves and take things slow um, and not try to you know do a shred program necessarily when you don't have energy and right. if you're if you're fatigued maybe your workout will be a 10 minute walk or maybe you'll just do a short yoga video or something like that and some days maybe you just want to take a nap so 
it's it's just about respecting where you are and on each day and listening to your body and yeah respecting your your unique experience and situation i love that that was fantastic and spending more time perhaps reducing the noise uh, our lives are so noisy in so many ways cutting absolutely it down a bit, trying to get the messages that our bodies are trying to communicate to us yeah yeah and another thing that would help would be if you're checking your email first thing in the morning i really don't recommend that <laughs> just take a couple moments and just stay in bed and just keep your eyes closed and focus on your breathing or Feel how the sheets feel against your skin or feel the feeling of gravity and just enjoy it just for a couple of minutes before you get up and face the day. Yes, there is, uh, maybe that's an overstatement, but there's not a whole lot that's worse than taking your phone and starting to scroll in bed <laughs> through and being just whacked on the hand with whatever is coming up for you, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd get to transition at least. Yeah. I don't experience it too much right now because I really love my job and I really love getting, but um, I can imagine when someone is working in a position that maybe is not their fielded place right now and with a lot of stress coming in from the work, that would not be a ritual. Yeah. Or when I, I mean, for me personally, when I was doing the food photography, I was pretty focused on Instagram and I could spend hours on there and that would be the first thing I would check each morning. How did this post do? Or, you know, do I have any comments to answer? That <laughs> type of thing. So I can definitely see how that contributed to my experience at that time. Down with burnout. Instagram. Sorry, I didn't say that. <laughs> I mean, and my uh, my beautiful friend Luisa Burford of um, the Heartful Spanish podcast, nothing to do with eating plant based in general, but she has so so much beautiful insight about all all things living heartfully and mindfully. And we've had this conversation so many times about how you put something in social media, and it's like you put your finger in there, and it's it's pulling you, your whole body into it. And it, it does add a lot of stress to the lives of online creators. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's for sure. Wow. An underappreciated part of the life of a food photographer. Well, <laughs> sometimes think, oh, that looks like the dream life. Well, <laughs> well, there's a lot of dishes to do after. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yes. <laughs> doing the dishes, I always tell my clients, doing the dishes can be part of your mi a mindful spiritual practice. Absolutely. Especially the yeah. dishes of all things, even more than cooking. <laughs> what What's your experience in that, in that regard? Um, well, yeah, you can do the dishes in a mindful way. You can enjoy the soapy water on your hands and or the feeling of accomplishment as you do it and pay attention to each dish, drying each dish. But that's not how I was doing it during that time. <laughs> I would just have a counter full of dishes and food. And yeah, it was a lot of, and I would just want to be done because I had to go and edit photos. So 
there's a lot of pressure I was putting on myself. Yeah, running to the next thing, right? Yeah. And the flip side, I have to say that your work has been so appreciated because, I mean, and, and just even thinking of that picture, and I'm going to put it in the show notes, has inspired so many people to, and in a, in a way, sometimes I say, you know, don't worry about beautifully styled food pictures because it puts stress on you to try to reach that. But on the flip side, it is beautiful. It is aspirational. It is. Yeah. So I'm very grateful that you did that work. Um, oh, thank you. And um, I know the photo you're talking about. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and <laughs> there's a funny, a funny thing about that photo. I was always trying to get the best lighting and I always use natural lighting. I took that outside on my balcony in the rain <laughs> just to get the best lighting. Yeah. Yeah. And that moment lives forever. You know, yeah, it's true. And, and in the hearts of so many people. I mean, I've, I sent you a text message this summer because I was in a restaurant in Barcelona and the picture was on the door <laughs> and they used it in their menu. And, and thanks to you for, for, making it available for people to use. But I have to say, unfortunately, nothing in the restaurant was anywhere near the beauty and <laughs> assumed taste of whatever it was in that bowl that you photographed. But it's it's kind of a code word, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> people that value good food, really good food, were here, you know? So something to yeah. think about. Um, so tell me a little bit about your personal routine now, how you get through the day, like the, the habits that you find the most important to nurture in, in your personal life? Well, so I, I do the practice that I mentioned of before I get out of bed. I have a song that I listen to and I listen to it in the morning and last thing at night as well. And it just kind of, because I have this same song and I've listened to it for years and I just love it. It just it's like my body knows exactly what to do and I just relax and just really get into it. And then I also have certain foods that I really, I really want to incorporate as part of my goals. One of them is increasing my protein because I was really not focused on that. But during menopause, we, we don't absorb it as much. So we need to add a little bit more. I know we always, I mean, it's pretty difficult to have a protein deficiency. But when you're aging, you could use a little more because of the, like the repair, to repair your body, but also with the neurotransmitters. So for our mood. And so I'm really trying to add a lot of protein more like really consciously. I'm also consciously drinking more water. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and just, well, I've always been pretty focused on my greens, but that's another thing that I just, I mean, if I didn't get greens in a day, I would not feel good. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you know the feeling, right? Absolutely. Tell me a little bit more because I, I can hear members of the audience asking, what, how do you boost your protein in your day? Oh, there's so many ways. I like to add hemp seed. And I always have, I always have little jars of sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds. And I just, you know, if I'm in a hurry, I just take a handful, but I put them on top of my soups or salads. I also, my husband is Egyptian, so he has some amazing traditional recipes. Like he makes falafel from scratch and yeah. I'm moving and then, in. <laughs> 
And then there's also, he makes a tahini sauce, which is tahini with water and a bit of garlic and some spices and lemon juice. And it's so delicious. And then it's great for protein and calcium too. I'm sorry, this is not related to menopause, but we need to sort <laughs> this out because you mentioned falafels. Is <laughs> it true that the proper way to make falafels is with soaked but not cooked chickpeas? Well, my husband uses fava beans, but yeah, he doesn't cook them before putting them in the in the food processor. He soaks them. Okay. He soaks them. Good. Thank you. And kills them. <laughs> I needed to get it off my chest because I, I, I tried so many times to make falafels and I could not get it right. But also, so he's not using chickpeas, he's using fava beans. That's right. Yeah. Maybe we need to have him on the podcast next. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for that. And... I love that. And what about the other aspects of stress management? Are there other practices that you encourage people to build into their lives? Yeah, there's so many. So the the one that I mentioned with the water, you can do that while you're working and just take little breaks. And I think it's important just to take breaks in general. Just get up from your desk and stretch and move. Take as many movement breaks as you can get away with, honestly. <laughs> yeah, and and meditation, just small amounts of meditation, I think is just amazing just to add little bits in. I think it's better to do, you know, to meditate for five minutes a day than to meditate for only one hour on the weekend, or sorry, one hour on one day a week. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't batch your meditation. Exactly. <laughs> Doesn't quite have the same effect. <laughs> batch cooking is awesome, but you can't do all of your meditation for the year in one week. <laughs> so true. <laughs> yes. That's that's really cool. Um, are the, You mentioned that you... Do you have a presence on Insight Timer? Did you say... Yeah, I just have two meditations on there so far. But yeah, there's one that's a beach visualization with some waves. And then there's another one where you're inhaling a color. Mm. That feels good already. Gets into your body. <laughs> How can people find you on Insight Timer? I'm not very familiar with the app, and I'm sure other people... Oh, they could just search my name. Okay, Anna Peltzer, and you're going to see yeah. everybody how that's written in the show notes. Yes. That is really cool. Is there anything else you would like? Oh, yeah, we've we've mentioned the food in general, but what about specifically hot flashes? I think that's a hot button issue for a lot of women dealing with perimenopause. Yeah. Is there anything that works for real against hot flashes? Yeah, well, so the most important thing would be the stress reduction. But for food, I would recommend cooling foods. So nice cool smoothie or something with some cucumber or you know something that'll cool you off and just to avoid caffeine as much as possible and alcohol and as well spicy foods can trigger hot flashes so that might be something oh. to avoid too I can at least temporarily that. yeah I can sense that some people shuddered when you said coffee and alcohol um yeah because I, it's become a meme literally in our culture to rely on on coffee, you know, all the, you know, you will have to pry my coffee out of my cold, dead hands. <laughs> um, 
Do you have any suggestions for for people who would like to practice reducing their coffee intake? Because full disclosure, I stopped drinking coffee 12 years ago now. And it was the worst month of my life. I think I'm mm -hmm. very sensitive to caffeine. So I, I feel like I've made an investment for, for perimenopause there. But it, it can be very challenging, even socially, to sure. stop coffee. So do you have any coffee or caffeine or whatnot? Do you have any suggestion? Well, so I would taper it. I, w I wouldn't do it immediately. But you could try things like dandelion coffee or herbal teas or green tea. It has, it still has caffeine, but it has other properties that could be beneficial. So yeah, just do it gradually and add more water. Water seems to be really key in there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. As we age, we, we lose our propensity for water. So we have to really make sure that we stay hydrated. Let's keep on drinking water. It's the beverage <laughs> of choice, right? I love that. Is there anything, any other parting tips you'd like to share with listeners that maybe feeling not a whole lot of hope right now about their, their circumstances? Any suggestions, last words you would have? Well, I would, I would really encourage them to, to see. As I mentioned, the menopause is an opportunity and just try to think about how they want their experience to be. And if there's anything special or important to them that they could keep in mind. And they can also, they can book a, a 30 minute menopause empowerment call with me. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I can help give them a bit of clarity around that because everybody has a unique situation. So. so tell me a little bit more about how to get a hold of you and the kind of work that you do with your menopause coaching clients. I, I have heard you say a menopause doula, which I, I just find is a beautiful image. Tell me a little bit more about that work. Yeah, so a menopause doula is a support person, basically helping with education or just emotional support, setting goals. And that's where the coaching comes in as well. So finding goals that are achievable for each individual. Um, if someone is not 100% sure or you know, maybe 90% sure that they could do a certain goal, then we'll scale it down. And then also just building in the stress reduction and some sort of nutritional support um, and exercises, whatever the, to whatever extent the individual wants to do. Right. That sounds fantastic. And so how do we connect with you? Oh, so my, my website is blissfulmenopause.com. And then I also have the vegan menopause podcast where they can find some lots of information. Yeah, that is fantastic. And as Anna was just mentioning, if you would like to sit down with her on Zoom, I suppose, yes, yes. Days, uh, to uh, have a 30-minute consultation, she'll be happy to explore with you um, your situation and how she could help. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. 
Well, that is fantastic. I'm sure some of my listeners will be eager to take you on on that because definitely it is it is a hinge moment in life. And I love your mindset shift of making it an opportunity. I always say you don't have to cook, you get to cook. Well, you don't have to go through menopause, you get to go through menopause. And that's right. Yeah. Can be something to look forward to. Thank you so much for this conversation and for your very valuable suggestions. And I'm excited to to see how this goes. Thank you for, for being here today. Thank you so much, Richard. Thank you, Anna.